Your favorite swim bait podcast is now proudly sponsored by Leviathan Rods. Leviathan Rods is a Texas-based fishing rod company that's handcrafted and uses high-end, made-in-the-USA rod blanks. Every sale from Leviathan helps support foster youth and their families. With Leviathan Rods, you're not only going to feel a difference, but you're going to help make a difference, too. Friends of the show will also get 20% off their rod purchases by using code SCALES20 at checkout. So whether you're fishing at depths 250 or a square bill, make sure you're using the best rod choice out there, Leviathan Rods. All right, everybody, welcome back to your favorite uh, swim bait podcast, Scales and Tails. Today, I'm here with uh, Adrian Dean, the maker of the official S&T Zine. And uh, yeah, we're about to listen to this dude talk. And he's going to, he's actually going to, I'm interviewing him and he's going to interview me right now. Yes, so I, I just started off. Yeah, there we go. Boom. Was that, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Episode episode one fifteen, but you weren't gonna know that I was gonna say something. But you, I wasn't gonna cut you off. You were on a roll. <laughs> All right, one fifteen. Yeah, boom. Yes, yes. Episode one fifteen. Here with Adrian Dean and, and Marshall, the homeless fisherman. Ready to be? And uh, before we get this one started, gonna here we go. Here we go. Ooh, cracking cracking open a yerba. Yerba, yerba. Oh, and and Archie is with us, but he's nonverbal at this point in time. Archie is actually he is sleeping peacefully. In his little his little hidey hole. Oh, I wish I was sleeping peacefully right now. But here we are. <laughs> so we're gonna, we're gonna we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk about uh, the the paddleboard crusaders part two. If you guys haven't go see haven't gone and seen that video yet, pause the podcast. Go watch it. It's a it's a sick little uh, forty five fifty ish minute uh, kind of uh, part two installment. Um, since the first one, obviously they go up to uh, to Minnesota. I'm sure you guys are familiar. I'm sure you guys have uh, have seen Marshall's stories lately post, and then uh, I'm sure you've seen it with Kyle as well from Throwback. So we're gonna kind of do talk about like the, some behind the scenes stuff that uh, that we necessarily didn't see or he didn't talk about much in the show, kind of or the show, the episode that he did uh, talk about the fishing, kind of what what led up to this because uh, a lot of stuff has changed since we had Marsh on with the van. Uh, our, yeah, you had Archie at that point in time, but just just a lot of stuff has has kind of uh, transpired since since episode 100 on July 27th. So we're pretty we're pretty far away from that. So Marsh, yeah, it's been it's been a little while since you've been on. Um, yeah, Mark, I, I feel like I'm on every other week, but July, yeah. I guess that was a little while ago. Yeah, and we recorded it even before that too. How many fucking how many fucking times are these people gonna want to listen to me talk? Dude, you're always you're always the one that when I post on there, people are like, oh, we want to hear from Marsh. We want to have like a Marsh and Kyle episode. All right. Oh, Marsh and Kyle episode. Yeah, that needs to happen. That needs to happen eventually if we can ever find Kyle some free time. Oh. Get that get that boy out of the shop or off the lake Kyle. tonight. You need to stop He's spending like, time oh. with your kids and record a podcast. <laughs> yeah, take time off from the kids, boy. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, it's been 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 about since July since you came on. Um, obviously, you took the the very long journey up to Minnesota, and Marshall and I talk all the time, so I know what's been done to the to the van. But he also hasn't really like talked about that much on his page and stuff. So I'll kind of let him go in depth on the modifications we've had to Ethel within the last you know five six months. Yeah, so Ethel, honestly, I kept wondering when she was going to kind of break down and start giving me problems, but. 
she just keeps running. And I, I talked to my dad and he was like, he was like, boy, as long as you keep pouring oil in her, she keep running. I was like, all right. So I took that to the moon. And, and finally, uh, my buddy Van Carraway, uh, he actually did my Wake Walker tattoo. Um, he was like, hey, dude, do you want to set up your van? Uh, badass. Like, I got my truck. Like, he's got a cool truck camper. And uh, I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah. And so he was very generous and helped me out with that. So now I have alternator charge. I have two batteries in the back. They're like gigantic batteries that you could run like a mini home on. And then I have uh, basically a big old wire that runs all the way from the alternator to the back and it charges those batteries. So now, you know, I have all kinds of stuff in here. I have unlimited power. It just charges while I drive and I got the charger on the solar. Um, I got a fridge in here now. I can run Archie's heat lamps and stuff. That was the biggest thing is like before I left up north, I wanted to get some uh, heating and lighting installed for Archie just so he wouldn't just so he wouldn't freeze to death. You know, he is a lizard. He is flooded. So and it did get pretty cold up there. But he was nice and safe and sound here in the van. Um, so, yeah, I do. I do leave Archie in the van occasionally. Uh, people are asking me about that. And I know you probably shouldn't leave your pets in the car most of the time. But the good thing is he's probably not going to overheat. Um, and I'm very, very careful with how I monitor that. He is only going to be in the van if it's you know cold enough outside and I keep his heater in here. Other than that, he's with me. Uh, that boy, that boy is always on my shoulder or on the front of the board. Hell yeah. I feel like, uh, oh, you guys redid the brakes too. Oh yeah. New brake pads. Uh, what else did I do? I did a whole bunch of just, just a bunch of little stuff. We did brake pads and uh, air filter and uh, James outcast living shout out outcast living he helped me with the uh cleaning the throttle body and that air filter and all that um that was dope so yeah she's just like dude she's just running strong i think we're i think we're coming up on two hundred fifty thousand miles uh and yeah and she doesn't really have any issues right now i mean the the frame's a tiny bit rusty but other than that you know i don't see any uh i don't see any end to ethel anytime soon which is sick so she made it all the way to minnesota and back and hopefully he's going to do it again next year. Back to her, back to her home grounds, back to her, her old stomping grounds. Yeah, she made it home. But you, uh, you also took. Sorry, I don't know if my water bottle's popping. You also took the uh, the futon out that was in there, right? And you put in like a. What'd you put in there? Oh, that's right. Yeah. So I used to have like a big old like couch futon thing. I don't know if you've seen the videos, but um, it was just. I don't know. It was just clunky and inconvenient. And so I just took that thing out and I bought this new mattress on Amazon. It's like a little tiny, it's a one person mattress. You can't fit more than one person on here. The benefit of the old one, the futon is that I could pull the bed out and then lay it down and I could sleep two people. But you know, I don't, I don't have that many people over very often. So I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to put this one in here. And it just opened up the whole van actually made a whole bunch of room. Um, so now it's not like, super cramped in here and i don't have to deal with that futon it like it's all spacious i got my little wind seal now you know it was blocking the window it was blocking the the rear passenger side window but now it's not so it's like i can see back there and back up to the ramp or whatever really easily so got all that and then i mean the cooker and stuff is all about the same and most of it's like pretty much the same it's just little upgrades here and there that kind of make it better and better and better so i mean next time you see the van adrian it'll be like you'll be like what the fridge is the best part, dude. The fridge is, is absolutely wonderful. That is my favorite. That is my favorite thing I've put in here. It's just like, dude, you get to get off the water and open up the fridge and get a cold drink out of there, like after a hot day. God, that's wonderful. I had, I had a bowl of cereal the other day. Yeah. That was gnarly. I get to keep milk so it won't go bad. I'm like, dude, I can fucking have cereal. I can do all kinds of stuff now. 
without having to buy ice all that you know what i mean try and keep it good and then my food goes bad and that's just obnoxious do you know how many fish tacos you can make up with now with just being able dude, to keep me cold dude, next texas gathering y'all better be ready because i'm going to i'm going to bring the heat all right last time i think what we, we had a little bit of striper left over but this time dude everybody every person there is getting a taco everyone adrian you're going to be on uh you're going to be on assembling duty. I'm going to be on cooking. And then uh, Taylor's going to be handing them out. Hell yeah. Dude, we, <laughs> la- the, the gathering last year, the problem was the uh, we forgot the cooler in there and forgot to put ice in it. So Monday morning when we let, when we all got up to leave <laughs> to go back to the airport, oh my gosh, dude. Yeah, that was it. That's what, see, now we don't have to deal with that anymore. Dude, I just keep the fridge in here and I set it on you know 40 degrees like whatever i want to keep it on and boom don't even have to worry about it no ice no nothing only thing is you got to keep the batteries charged but they charge while i'm driving and they're solar charged so it's like i mean i would have to really be running these batteries hard to run them out you know what i mean and if if all else fails i can just get another battery and hook it up to the system and boom then i'll never run out so it's it's just it's so nice what a what a nice little quality of life upgrade there right yeah so when this was happening this was probably middle of august maybe yeah i want to say yeah like middle august uh because when was the tournament september 17th yeah it's like middle of august beginning of august maybe like late august we were working on this and just trying to get this in order because i want i knew i wanted to drive up there for the tournament and um i just i didn't know exactly how it was going to go but i was like okay first i need to get ethel situated make sure she's ready Uh, and then second i need to find a uh, a good partner help me drive up there i was going to do it alone but that sucks. <laughs> that drive is awful. Yeah. <laughs> Three words. Lake Pro Tackle. Lake Pro Tackle has all the fishing equipment you need to have success on the water. Friends of the podcast will receive 15% off their order with code SCALES at checkout. On their website, you can find exclusive and rare baits as well as rods and reels to have that dream combo. Check out their social media pages for constant updates with new arrivals. Lastly, orders over $50 get free fast shipping. Remember to use code SCALES, all cap locks, to save 15% off on your orders at lakeprotackle.com. A vast majority of double-digit bass caught in Mexico are caught out of two lakes, Lake Bacharach and Lake El Salto. Josh Daniels Pro Bass Adventures Mexico is the only outfitter in Mexico with lodges on both of these trophy lakes. For an experience like no other, call Pro Bass Adventures, 480-491-9300 or probassadventures.com. We are Mexico Fishing. Um, I was going to, I was going to mention, um, when you were getting all the batteries and stuff situated, like you and van got it all hooked up and everything got it all routed and van's like, this is the battery you need. And so, you know, a couple of days or a week or two goes by and Marshall and I are on the phone and, uh, a package gets delivered with where he was staying at the time. And, and so, so Marshall puts me on mute and I'm just hearing this conversation between him and the post lady and Marshall's (laughs) like, Marshall's like, what is this? She's like, I don't know. Like, she's like, it's really heavy. Like, Marshall's like, oh, it was a battery. And she's like, okay. Marshall's like, but I don't think it was the right battery. She's like, what do you mean? He's like, uh, it looks way too big. And she's yeah. like, um, she's like, do you want me to take it back? Like, I don't know how that's gonna work. Like, once you open it, I can't take it. And Mar- like, they go back and forth for it was literally like ten or twelve minutes, and I'm just sitting there fucking laughing. And then finally, Marshall's like. Yeah, I'll take it. Whatever, I can sell it. If not, and it what did it that did that end up being the right battery you needed? That battery is absolutely gigantic. I think it weighs 
130 pounds, 140 pounds. Oh it's like having another person in your hands. Like when I picked it up, I was like, I was having to like deadlift this thing. And I was like, dude, there's no way this is the right battery. And well, I went in here and I set it up and I fit it under the bed. And I was like, wow, okay. It fits. It fits perfect. It's like the absolute most money battery for the thing. It's like a crazy deep cycle, like gel battery. And, and it, dude, it, I can't drain this thing if I try. You know what I mean? I can turn on Archie's light, his heat pad, turn on the TV, turn on my video game. The fridge is running full blast. Like, dude, and it never runs out. It's just crazy. It's a huge battery. So yeah, that that was a fun little fiasco there. But um, it did fit. It fit perfectly. And that was the right battery. Um, I was originally going to return it, and I talked to Amazon, and they actually gave me a full refund because I said that it probably wasn't going to work. And they were like, "Oh, we can't take it back." And I said, "Well, that sucks." And they were like, "Oh, we'll just give you a refund now." And so they gave me my money back. So this $400 battery that I bought, I got it for free. Um, so fuck, fuck Jeff Bezos, I guess. <laughs> I was saying Jeff Bezos didn't even blink an eye. At no, hell no. If he dropped $400 on the ground, it literally would not be worth his time to turn around and pick it up. Yeah, what is it? I think uh, for uh, Warren Buffett, it's got to be like over fifty grand if it takes him a second to pick it up because he makes like $49,000 a second. So as long as it's anything under that, it's literally not worth his time to fucking pick it up and i'm sure it was i'm sure jeff bezos more than that probably or, yeah probably probably if all his involvement i don't know that shit's crazy but yeah 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 you should uh if you ever order a battery off amazon definitely do not call them and tell them it's the wrong battery and it's not gonna work <laughs> because they cannot they cannot take batteries back because they're hazardous material so they will be forced to give you a refund but definitely don't do that that would hurt jeff bezos's pocket just just saying just a little, yeah, a little I was, you know psa I was, from- sitting, I was sitting around last night sitting in bed and i was <laughs> back uh onto a really odd topic of conversation here i was like i was thinking i was like man ice fishing would be a lot of fun but it's probably not going to be a hard winter this year and i'm like i need a fish finder and i'm like huh i should just buy live target or live scope whatever the hell it is like forward facing sonar for ice fishing and i was like that'd be cool like that'd be fun for like two trips and i'm like man i wonder if i could buy a dakota a dakota lithium battery and put it in a milk crate and bring it out on the paddleboard in the summertime dude yeah absolutely hook up the live scope on the paddleboard that's a little dude, it's a little crazy. it's a little sacrilegious but i do think you could do it you could you could totally do it. You could have it mounted like the uh, the Australians guy have it on their boats, like with just that little uh, little turn handle. Oh yeah, I was gonna say like a C clamp. You could create some like ratchet strap with a wood mount for the front. You just ratchet strap the wood mount, and then like boom, right there, you got your little handle. Then you got your battery in the back. People, it'd be like, it'd be the I'm fucking dead. total end of the spectrum. Like people say, like it's a rich person. They like you have to have money to have it. But here we are on a two hundred dollar inflatable <laughs> paddleboard. And then you sink and you lose all your investment, and it's just the worst thing ever. But yeah, sometimes I, I when I was out on it last, I was just like, huh, it'd be crazy if if the adhesive on this thing just d- disintegrated and I just fucking oh. sunk out here. <laughs> Dude, the amount of trust that I put into the my board maybe is ridiculous. Like, dude, whenever me and me and Nick did that forty mile send, oh, his uh, was fucked up, right? Yeah, his got fucked up, and I'm glad I brought the pump because it was just his got fucked up. I don't know. That was a weird board. Like, I remember we bought that one, and it just never was quite right. Like, something was wrong with it the whole time. But the the NRS board that I had at the time was super reliable. But this board that I have, the Portal, 
I really like that one. It's a another again, it's another cheapo. Um, I don't know. It's like I don't see very often where you get a dud like the one that Nick had. That was just that was just a weird scenario, I think. Um, I think that the board itself was just a dud, not maybe the brand. But yeah, dude, I I don't know. I just I just trust them to go very far. You know what I mean? As long as you don't you literally have to stab it with a knife. You know what I mean? To like actually cause it to rupture. You know, anything else, like you might get a little pinhole in it, but they don't want to explode. You know what I mean? Like just the material doesn't want to blow up. Like it's just it's not prone to that. Yeah. Dude, I don't know if I talked about it last time I had last time we had we we talked on here, but do you remember that day um I was out fishing the mother for like four or five hours out on just this random body of water out in the back of the woods and um I send I send you in Phoenix a video and somebody took my fucking pump like because <laughs> I had it I had it sitting underneath my car because I was like way back in the woods I'm like I'm not even gonna worry like I just locked my keys in my car yeah. or like whatever and I fucking come back and somebody stole my fucking pump dude ridiculous like in my bag like the manual in carrying case the manual pump yeah the manual pump that's what's ridiculous about it I'm like dude why the fuck would you want that <laughs> yeah dude it, <laughs> Who, and, who wants to hit the manual pump? Like, dude, I, I mean, I did it for a long time. I did it for like a year. And then I finally got this freaking air bank automatic pump. Jesus. That's a, that's a, another little quality of life upgrade there. If you don't have a, an automatic pump, you should definitely get one. Well worth the hundred or $150, whatever they cost. Yeah, I might get one. I don't know. I've got it down to a science. It takes me about three and a half minutes to pump mine up. And then it takes me about that long to deflate it too. Cause I have, uh, like when, when, when when the bastard stole mine out in the middle of the woods, I I ended up uh, there were like very few options for a pump for whatever reason, so I ended up dropping like twenty five dollars, which was like half the amount I or like a quarter of the amount I paid for the actual board. Right, and it's actually got a deflate too, so I can hook it up and pump it and deflate it as fast as fuck, which is super That's nice. Cool. Yeah, the I mean the automatic ones have an inflate and deflate yeah. option. You can like suck all the air out of it, and it's a perfect little paper thin roll. You can roll it up like a damn. Like a little fucking, I don't know. Roll up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can get super tight and put it in the bag and it doesn't even take up any room. Dude. So, um, we'll, we'll talk about the, the paddleboard event or paddleboard, that paddleboard crusaders part two, which as again, will be uh, linked in the description. And then I actually kind of want to propose something to you at the end, but we'll, we'll start with the, Ooh. we'll start with the start of, of paddleboard crusaders number two. So you guys started down there in austin and you guys left on a what was it thursday i think you guys left yeah yeah we left on a thursday and we were gone for seven whole days um or i think it we got back on the eighth day but you know seven days in minnesota or six or whatever i don't know how many it was but yeah dude i just wanted to do like a like a follow-up to the last paddleboard crusaders i i really I don't know. Uh, I didn't. I didn't go super hard on like the story element or whatever. But I really enjoy making those like cool little intros and shit like that, where you have like sort of just a not like a storyline, but a, a little bit of narrative, little narrative pieces, you know, here, just sprinkled here and there. And uh, I was like, dude, that'd be really cool if we could link like Juan into this and just have like a like that little intro section there, that first like three minutes of that mm-hmm, video. Yeah, I, I put a lot of like love into that. And I'd like to continue doing that. I think people like it. I think it's pretty, it's pretty unique, and it's something I enjoy because I, dude, I've been doing, uh, like ever since I was like really young. Like the thing that taught me how to edit videos 
was actually just doing like skits with my friends and we would make like little we just call them movies you know what i mean we would make little movies and we have our own little plot and and just film it and shoot it and add, edit it on my iphone you know what i mean like i learned how to edit on video shop on my iphone and that kind of i don't know that's always been fun for me is like making um you know narrative pieces like that so i was like dude this is dope i can put it into fishing a little bit and then the rest is just dope fishing content you know what i mean like we got a whole bunch of whole bunch of good camera footage on this one which i was really proud of um there's not like a ton of gopro footage it's probably like half and half which i think is impressive because there's not a lot of videos like that out there right now you know what i mean it's a lot of it's just gopro footage especially when it's just filmed by yourself or with two people but uh, me and caleb were actually able to capture a lot of really good moments on the big camera which just looks sick like the smallie waiting and um the little river spot the dirty river spot and all that but yeah dude we we freaking left out and uh we drove and drove and drove and drove and let me tell you what that drive from texas to minnesota is the worst drive across the country i've drove i've driven all the way to florida from texas i've driven all the way to california and that one up and down is the worst one going through what iowa and all that shit iowa yeah. smells awful iowa smells so bad when you drive through i don't know what it is dude it's just like farmland the whole thing sucks. It's just the worst drive ever. At least, at least when you're going to, you know, Florida, you can like, oh, look, there's a gator on the side of the road, you know, every, every five miles. And at least when you're going to California, it's like, oh, look at that big old cactus up there on the hill. You know, I mean, there's something, but no, you just drive, you drive through Iowa, Kansas, what, Missouri and all that is just boring, dude. So like we thought about stopping and fishing, but you just drive by everything. You're like, eh, and nothing looks good. Not a single thing. Maybe one. Maybe one of the lakes in Oklahoma looked good, but other than that, I was like, "Dude, no, this just this is just not worth it." But we drove up there, and the immediately. I I really wish we would have left a day earlier, but immediately the next day, as soon as we got there, I mean, we got to the to the ramp of Rush Lake, which is where the tournament was the night before, at like twelve o'clock. So we fall asleep. We get like five hours of sleep, if that, and then wake up immediately at like six. And I'm sitting there cooking lunch and breakfast and all this stuff. I'm cooking lunch for later. And um, all the boys show up. It's cool. We're all hanging out. We do we do the tournament thing. Um, the tournament was fun. I think Rush Lake was a crazy lake to have that tournament on. But I did actually end up catching two muskies that day, which was sick. Um, I did not catch a single keeper largemouth. Uh, Rob caught our only keeper. Um, and then, I don't know, it, it seemed like a, a, a decent amount of people caught like four pounders. Um, what's his name uh midwest swimbaits i'm sorry i forgot the kid's name but he caught the uh big bass which was dope out of this little out of this little bitty v-hole tin boat which was super cool um him and his buddy uh from handcrafted baits they actually gave me a gill which is super dope too um good stuff but yeah the tournament was just it was a good turnout every there was really cool um i didn't really you know it wasn't it wasn't like some crazy just like competitive insane thing you know it's just like a chill hey we all got together we all fished a little bit we hung out boom that was it you know what i mean and it's like hey i'll see i'll see you at the grand opening next week whenever we do the shop grand opening so yeah the tournament was great and all the turnout was cool and uh thank you doug for putting all that together i know doug was like the big brain behind that freaking sick and i'm excited for next year's yeah next year's um I talked with Doug at the gathering next year's. I should be able to make next year's. It's going to be at a different time and a different place. And I, I think with what he was telling me, I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll clear my schedule for that since I know about it already. Yeah. I think we were talking about Minnetonka. Uh, next yeah. Year. That's what he said too. Because I like, I like Minnetonka. It's, it's cool. And it's huge. And 
it was just there's big fish in there for sure i think somebody caught an eight pounder out of there last year or like a seven high seven something like that i don't know it was cool but yeah there's big old muskies in there too but i think it's a better i think it's a better bass lake from what i've heard and what i've been told because rush lake is i don't know, rush lake is crazy dude it's just like you know the pea soup lakes that's what that's what rush lake is and there's Ooh. some good largemouth in there but it is nasty and it is very it was just like a critter fest dude i mean the amount of pike and muskies that we saw that day are just it was ridiculous pike flying out of the water i think i have some pretty good i have some pretty good gopro footage of pike literally clearing clearing all the way out of the water and flying out for rob's like unique perch and all that stuff like it was not really yeah dude that's fucking that's crazy it's crazy that you've uh collectively been in the midwest for probably like you know maybe maybe nine months of your life and you've caught more musky than i have and i've lived <laughs> here almost my whole life <laughs> you know what uh I, dang, I cannot remember his name but midwest swim baits on instagram um he told me that he had been living here for uh what 15 years and he had never caught one he's fished it hard i was like jesus dude i got lucky i got very lucky so i, I have three muskies now and one of them is a 42 incher which is cool um and it was on the woody too which was insane on the woody on 10 pound test with no lead. under a dock yeah under a dock the dumbest like just 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 beginner's luck you know what i mean like i didn't plan this musky catch or anything but that was a ridiculous that was a ridiculous catch i can't believe i i don't know i think there was i don't think there was anything wrong with it it was just weird it just it acted like it didn't know it was hooked like it just kept shaking and thrashing in place and i was like at first i was like okay bye bye woody like this thing's gonna cut me off immediately as soon as it dives one time you know what i mean the, the line's gonna get on the gill and just snap me off but she never did it. She just kept going, like shaking over and over again in place. And I was like, okay. And I pulled her up to the surface a little bit. I was like, here you go, Rob. And Rob freaking boom got her right in the net. Rob's the greatest Ned man on the planet. Freaking nailed it. And uh, yeah, forty-two inch muskie cut the shit out of my thumb. Like I got a scar now, which is pretty dope. I was actually talking to, I was talking to Alec about that. Uh, Alec was like, yeah, dude, my my hands are kind of covered in scars, but I kind of like it. And I was like, yeah, this thing's dope, dude. <laughs> got a big old musky scar on my thumb like that's sick yeah she cut me bad uh, we had to call doug and we were like doug help <laughs> doug help me i got a big old cut i was bleeding all over the boat i didn't think it was so bad until we opened the first aid kit and it was just like i was like oh there's blood all over the first aid kit now oh but got it wrapped up all good hell yeah dude <laughs> yeah once once you dude I don't know, guy. Guys have like confidence when they put their hands in those gill plates, dude. I'm oh. not because your fingers are right next to those fucking teeth. I'm like ah, and then they Hell start no. to do that like snake shake, and you're like holding them with one hand, grabbing them by the gills, dude. That's scary. And so I didn't. I mean, I didn't even put this in the video. So if you're listening now, here's a full admittance of guilt. But I dropped that fish. I dropped it in the water, and I, dude, they do the shake. I have to shake on video. But I'm like, how do you hold on to that thing? I mean, I. I've seen people do it, and so I was like, okay, here we go. I'm just going to reach in there and grab it. And I've grabbed Pike, you know I me mean, before, and I just picked it up, and I kind of thought she was just done, and she was not done. She, she freaking jumped out of my hands, and I was like, whoa. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I almost want I want a glove is what I really want, or, like, I don't even know, a glove, or, like, I want to get in the water with that fish so I don't feel like I'm holding it up, you know, like grabbing by the gills and shaking it around. Like, I don't know. Um, I think either like getting having a nice glove for my right hand would be sick but you know eh, whatever it happens I, i'm sure I'm, like the, I'm sure i'm not the first person in the world to drop a muskie fucking you know what i mean like it happens so in the water like it's a grouper <laughs> yeah 
seriously like that's that's what i feel like i feel like i'll make a sick photo too like getting in the water and and then like i said if it shakes you can hold it in the water instead of like with the weight of the fish you know what i mean like yeah. you, can just, you can just let the water hold it and you can kind of just keep your hand in there without because uh, it's different when you're holding a fish out of the water like you are fighting the weight but if you're holding it in the water you're not fighting the weight so much so if they decide to shake it's not so painful for them you know yeah that's like hold like and really <clears throat> a fish that big a pike muskie that big you've got to support it like the whole time because once i mean I, i've done it before so it's not like i'm you know stating stating something that that you shouldn't do because i mean it happens but when yeah. you hold that fish like you said up and down i mean that's like putting putting boga grips on a striper and holding it upside or holding it you know vertically and that yeah. fish is all resting on on one little anchor point it's like okay like but dude there's there's times where that's what you have to fucking do when that fish is flailing around and shit you're gonna get <laughs> bitch slapped by its tail <laughs> yeah dude i mean like like i said i i try and take really good care of the fish that i hold and even even largemouth you know what i mean like you better make sure if you're going to hold it up, up and down, you better have the jaw right. You know what I mean? You can't hold it at any angle where you're putting any pressure on the gill plate or the jaw. Like, you know, you got to hold it straight up and down or support the side sideways. And the same thing with the muskie. I tried, tried my absolute best to hold it in place. But like I said, that's a big creature. That's, that's one of the biggest fish I've ever caught, period. Like just in general, you know what I mean? So I'm holding this up. I'm like, Jesus, this thing is gigantic, you know? And, and, and once it starts going, like there's not much I can do. It's all muscle, you know, a fish is scary, strong. <laughs> it was probably just as old as us realistically. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, I don't know how fast muskie grow, but what I, I assume 15 to 20 years old, that would be yeah. right. Um, that sounds right. I know those muskies live a long time. So yeah. Dude, I was scrolling through Facebook and Blacktip H was up on Lake St. Clair and he had caught one like a 40 or 42 or something. And they legitimately had, um, have you ever seen like in Japan when, they, when they're catching these micro fish, they put them in those little like, uh, they're not ceramic, but like the little plexiglass holding. Yeah. Yeah. So, so he had one of those, but it was on the boat. It was like 60 inches long. It was really skinny. It was probably only like probably 10 inches wide, 60 inches long, we'll say. And it had air, it had water circulating through it to like, that. you, you cut, you catch a muskie, take the pictures, put it in there. And I guess from what he said, if you look at a muskie and their fins are red, that means they're super stressed. So you leave them in this like, kind of like a fish incubator for like 20 minutes. And then once, once the color, you know, goes back to normal, you just grab them and dip them in the water. It's kind of like a live well for, for muskie. And I was like, you know, I've, I Can was intrigued by it, and then I read the comments, and I was like, "Okay, these people are like making a good point, like about like water. I don't know, did, like the, just the comments were like, okay, I could see where they're coming from on this being like just toss it back in the lake, but I can also understand why it would help this fish. It was just kind of like a interesting thing to see. Well, I mean, I don't live up there, and I'm not a muskie fisherman, so I usually do, I usually don't carry my I usually don't carry around my sixty inch long by yeah, ten. Yeah uh aquarium you know what i mean like that's not something i just have in my back pocket so like i you know i don't know i think i think getting them back in the lake is probably one of the probably smarter honestly i don't think that keeping it in a holding tank is that is that uh is that great i know yeah, that i didn't think so either i would, I would say especially on a clear glass one if it's see-through i don't know about that like so with archie i mean like in most reptiles and and snakes and even fish if you like if you put a, a, a towel over their uh, 
like enclosure. You, you, if they can't see anything, they calm down and they settle down. But if it's in a clear plastic box, you know, I mean, outside of its normal habitat, sitting there on the boat, I don't know about that one. You know, I feel like that, I feel like that would probably stress the fish out as well. You know, unless you're going to cover it up so it can't see anything, you know, calm it down a little bit. But at at that point, you're just spending a lot of money just to hold the fish on your boat. Like, why not just. Get a big old net and hold it in the net and let it go. <laughs> check, uh, check that video I just sent you on Instagram because I just sent you the video of him. I, you can at least see it even if you don't play the sound. You can see what I'm talking about. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know, what dude. The, it's kind of weird. That is that is a little weird. That's like, that's very uh, a very niche product there. <laughs> Where do you buy one of those? <laughs> I think it's kind of more suited and geared towards guys who are trolling where you know they can't put the fish in the water because they'll just fucking flop off so yeah. you you don't have because if once you stop trolling you fuck everything up you have to pull all the lines in and reset so that must just kind of be the answer to that sort of thing i don't know that's, that's like the that's only that's the only fucking thing i see like that on his page and i'm like what the fuck <laughs> very niche very niche use there i don't know i think just put the fish back in the water <laughs> Yeah, I think that's probably that's where everybody's like everybody's like you have a 1.2 million acre live well behind you, but just put it back. Yeah, just throw it back. It's fine. Like you know, I mean, as, I mean, with all interactions with any big fish, like you know, they should be. I don't know. The, it should be quick. Like you know, get the fish in the net, take your photo, drop it on the scale, and then let it go. It shouldn't be any like holding or putting a live well. I just don't really think that's good for fish in general. Like the more, longer you keep them out of the water, you know what I mean? What we're doing is already not great for the fish. You know what I mean? There is a certain level of stress and pain that you cause just as a fisherman. You know what I mean? But the quickest way to, to relieve that is just to let them go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. make it quick. So like, you know, I don't know. I like, don't do that thing where you catch a big fish and call your buddy and wait 45 minutes for them to bring a scale or, or something, you know what I mean? Keep it in the water, taking a billion photos. Like, have your photo, have your stuff ready. Have your scale ready. Have your GoPro ready to take photos. I have mine on the automatic. So if I'm alone, I have the GoPro, take a photo. You know what I mean? Like, I have the automatic voice control. And, I mean, dude, when I had my 10-pounder out of the water, it was out of the water for, it was out of the water for collective of maybe 20 seconds. And she was back in the water within, within three minutes. You know what I mean? And that's about as fast as you can hope for you know, trying to get a board photo and a scale photo and, uh, with the GoPro, you know, right. Just yeah. It's, it's just, it's ridiculous if you don't have anything ready and then you're keeping that fish for an extended period of time. Like, no dude, come on. Like <laughs> should have had your shit ready. You know what I mean? If you don't have a scale, like tough, just let it go. Yeah, dude. I want to know, I want to know the ratio of, of like, uh, live well kill offs with all that new stuff they're coming out with, like that blue shit that you put in your live well tank yeah, and like, like oxygenates the water and stuff. Like I want to see like how good that stuff actually is. Like everybody talks about how good it is, but obviously, you know, more times than not, it's probably because they work with them or yeah. they for free or whatever it may be. I just, I just want to see if that stuff actually works. And I'm sure people will message me like, Oh, it really works. But I just, I, dude, I don't understand what you can put into the water to help that fish, you know, calm down. Like, I don't know. It's super weird to think about. Yeah, unless you're like drugging them up. I don't know. Like, I really, I really don't know. Water. <laughs> I really don't know what that does. I mean, like, like I said, just 
unless it is just absolutely necessary, just let the fish go. You know, like that's, I, I don't know. The only re the only reason I've thought about this a lot, the only reason I would hold on to a fish in my paddleboard net for any longer than, you know what I mean? Like five minutes would be if I caught the lake record here at Ladybird. I would call the game board and I'd say, hey, I got the lake record. Come down here and grab this thing. That's the only time. That is the only time. And at that point, like, you know, I mean, that fish is old as fuck anyway. So it's like, dude, if those old, old fish die, if those old ones, it's there, it's, it's bound to happen. You know what I mean? It's like Butch Brown says, if Butch Brown caught the world record, he said he was going to put it on ice and show everybody. I'm like, dude, I get it. I totally get it. That fish is, that's like Dottie, dude. When they caught Dottie at her final 25 pounds, you know what I mean? She only lived like another week and then died. Like, you know, it's just, they're at the end of their life at that point, you know? Just take care of them, and I don't know. That's the that's the only reason I can imagine keeping a fish longer than that. You know, that's yeah, a nice, uh, nice little fish protection. That's a nice little fish protection rant there. <laughs> um, fuck, I was gonna say something about. You hear that, Grant? If I beat your record, I'm gonna eat it. I'm gonna make it into a <laughs> Fuck, what was I gonna say, dude? It was something to do with bass and holding them. Oh, uh, yeah, no, I can't remember. Fuck, I don't, I don't remember. But, uh, man, that's going to piss me off. It was a really good, like, another tangent side to this to this thing. Oh, so if you caught, if you, say you caught the Lady Bird, Lady Bird Lake record, you know, it, it IGFA or whatever the hell, Texas Game Wildlife comes and it's the record and it's still alive. Are you going to give it to the, are you going to give it to the shared lunker? Or are you going to just l- release it back into the lake? I personally would opt to release it because i think at this point we have enough share lunker genes to go around uh coming out of ivy and i don't mind ivy being like the test tank you know what i mean kind of thing where they just oh here take this one all these little guinea pigs um because it's just dude those fish are a dime a dozen there you know what i mean like those genes are a dime a dozen there but at ladybird it's a little different like those genes are hard to come by so i'd rather that fish just be in the lake um I'd probably opt to let it go. I don't know. I mean, if they're gonna if they're gonna keep it, they're gonna keep it like whatever. But I definitely opt to let it go. That would probably be my that would be my first. I like I like that fish to stay in the lake, you know. Um, and I know she'll end up she'll end up uh, back in the lake eventually. But you know, buy the tanks. <laughs> you know, it, at this point, like the only thing that I can see the share lunker program doing any better now is stocking lakes with trout. But they're not gonna do that. Obviously, they've shown. So what I mean, what else do we need? You know, like we have you. I'm telling you, you have plenty of guinea pigs at Ivy and JB Walden or whatever the fuck that other lake is called. The other that other lake that's named like an old white person. You know what I mean? Like what, <laughs> like whatever fucking lake out there in West Texas that's got a ton of giants in it. You know? Yeah, I think um, which they even talked about that in Salbelly, how like the guys who started the lunker uh, share lunker or er, lunker bunker at the time. They were like, uh, that's the only other thing that we're going to do to catch up to California if we don't grow these, if we aren't able to grow these fish is, is planting trout. And dude, at that point in time, you're planting trout and, you know, how hot do you think your water is right now? High 80s? I mean, yeah, right now it's the the trout will not live, especially, I mean, like, it's probably not high 80s anymore. It's probably like the high 70s, low 80s probably right now. Uh, we're kind of getting a little, not a cold front, but we're getting a little bit of a little bit of chilliness coming through. So we're, we're starting to dip into that fall time finally. But yeah, so, it's in the eighties, but those trout. So I, I think trout will live all the way through the winter time. You know yeah. what I mean? That's 
biggest thing. It's like, dude, these trout, you're not going to stock them and have them live all year. They don't live all year in California, you know? No. Like, they just dude, go for, for trout season and that's it. <laughs> exactly. And I, I mean, there's some lakes where they do because the lakes are deep enough, but we have lakes here that are plenty deep enough where those trout could go deep. You know what I mean? I, I honestly don't know why they are not stocking trout. It's almost ridiculous at this point. Like Texas is like so close to bearing the, the world record fruit. And it's not because they're not stocking trout. Like you could make it happen. If they really wanted to make it happen, they would stock trout. So I, I don't know what the deal is, but we're not stocking trout here for some reason. So here, um, from what I've heard, Michigan doesn't want to stock trout and waste funding money with lakes that have pike numbers in it because they don't want to feed the pike. But they don't realize, like, I don't know if people actually realize, like, that the bass would eat them as well, which, you know, could be a good thing. I know a lake that gets trout stockings that only has bass in it, allegedly bass and, and big lake trout and stuff. So, I don't know, it's super interesting. Um, What I was going to say to you was, do you think... Um, so say, say another year or two down the road that JB, whatever, and OHIV and stuff are still pumping out big fish and, and there's still big fish coming out. Do you think that Texas like lost the, the urge they had back in like 2005 to, to kind of claim this, claim the world record again? And do you think if they did, will that pat not passion, I guess kind of is the right word, but not really. Do you think it's kind of, kind of rekindled their thought like, oh shit, maybe, Maybe we are on on the verge of of growing a fish close to the world record size that we needed back then twenty years ago. I think. I mean, I think all the work that the Sherlunker program has put in has done has done good. You know, what I mean, clearly lakes like OHIV and Lake Austin and all these lakes that are like the little Sherlunker guinea pig lakes. You know, what I mean, they have way bigger fish. That is just truthful. You know, what I mean, and I'm not saying that there aren't big fish in the lakes that don't have Sherlunkers, but like Ladybird doesn't have, I mean, it, okay, it technically does have Sherlunker fries because they spill over from the dam, but Lake Austin gets stocked with Sherlunker fries. You know what I mean? Ladybird does not. So I don't know. It, it's done a lot, but I just, I think that, I don't know. I almost think that it's like, they're just like cocky that they can do it without trout or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, it's just some weird, I don't know what the dilemma is really. And maybe it is the money thing, but I don't think it's a money thing because they obviously have plenty of money to blow on like here fucking we'll give you this toyota tundra if you win this raffle for catching a three mount (laughs) all this shit i'm like dude that all that money could go to stocking trout and you know like they stock they already do stock trout in like a lot of ponds and stuff here it's not like an unusual thing we got plenty of rivers like the guad and stuff that all have trout in them you know what i mean it's just they don't do it in the lakes for whatever strange reason and Maybe on the same page as the pike thing, like we do have lakes that have big old stripers and they yeah. would just be immediately striper chew toys. But at the same time, like there are plenty of lakes down here that don't have striper as well, you know, like a plenty of them. I know Ladybird has a couple, but Ladybird don't have stripers. You know, like I can I can name a whole bunch. Eagle Mountain, like my own lake. Like there's a whole bunch of lakes that do not have stripers that would absolutely benefit from a trout stock, not only for the bass fishing. But also just for, you know, like, hey, kids fishing, like, you know what I mean? Go out there and catch trout. Like they have the fucking trout pin and they go out there and dump all these trout in. Yeah. Come out for a day. You know, we already have our, we already have our no fishing license day where it's like a free day for people who don't have fishing license. They come out and fish. So why not add that in? You know, I, I feel like, I feel like the money problem is not, it's not an issue. 
you know what I mean? I feel like the funding is there for sure. It's just, it's not, somebody's not pulling the plug. <laughs> Do, uh, oh, maybe, maybe we should start something, you know, maybe like in January, we, we come up with a sticker and all the money goes to you and you just find a hatchery and you just buy 10,000 trout. <laughs> um, yeah, you need to drop it off right here. Like if, this, if, sir, this is a, these are lake, these are coordinates to Lake Austin. I know where they are. <laughs> so you guys need to drop them. Dude, if we stock trout in Ladybird, it would be nuts. It would be nuts. And it would get even more overfished than it already is, but it would be crazy. For a little while, it would be fucking gnarly. I mean, the fish would just fire off. Like, they would get on that trout. And it would go nuts. I think if we could just get trout into one, one lake, because I know a couple rivers that have trout here, and those rivers produce huge fish that are just massive, like busting out the gut like seam you know what i mean like fucking giant fish that shouldn't even be as big as they are for how long they are but they are there and like i i don't know if they could just see that i feel like dude imagine if i've used trout stock do you know how many 15 16 17 18 pounders we would catch yeah. i think this if they started stocking trout in ivy this winter we would have a new state record by come next year you know what i mean like that's just how i feel like it would work because the, all those all those fucking huge fish that are already chewing on gizzard chad trout are just a better a better source they're already a better source of protein you know what i mean yeah i think um it's gonna this is gonna be kind of a long ramble so <laughs> i think uh I'm, I'm very i don't know when i hear you talk about it it gives me hope but i'm very skeptical of the world record to come out of texas but with what we've seen with these last two lakes in the last three or four years, if there's a, a fourth and fifth lake that can that is on the same track as those two are currently and can get stretched out for another three or four years, where where you can right now this time of year you're catching you know that eighteen nineteen pound fish, then I think without a doubt that there could be you know twenty three plus or what is it twenty twenty two and ten would be considered the new world record because it's got to beat it by two ounces. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I do. So. I'm confident. I'm pr I'm fairly confident. Ivy has a twenty in it. You know what I mean? Like right now. Like I'm yeah. pretty. I, I especially in the winter time, dude. Like, do you see how fat that seventeen pounder was they caught earlier? I'm like, dude, come on. There, there's got to be a twenty in there. And that's what I mean. I've even heard Josh Jones and Milliken talk about. Hey, I've seen way bigger marks than the biggest ones I've caught. You know, on their live scope. I'm like, I think she's in there. I think she really is. I think. That fish, I think it's just, I mean, it's like playing golf blindfolded. You know what I mean? Like the, like even with the live scope, even with all the fun toys, dude, like everything has to line up and that fish has to be hungry. You know what I mean? It's just, it's a, almost a fucking miracle when it happens. You know what I mean? Like the fact that, it, that they caught that same fish at like Dixon so many times. Well, first off, they bedfished her, you know, and Dottie like was bedfished yeah. multiple times, but also like Dixon is a fucking tiny little fish bowl. You know what I mean? Like. That you can present to that fish over and over and over and over and over again. And if you present to it enough, you'll eventually get lucky. You know what I mean? But Ivy is a massive lake. Ivy is gigantic. I forget how many acres it is, but it is gigantic. It would make it would make all those lakes up there in Michigan and, and besides the Great Lakes look like little <laughs> little tiny ponds. You know what I mean? All of them. So there, I think there's I think there are, if not one, but multiple twenties in Ivy. You know what I mean? Like and and because there are always bigger fish, dude. Like there are always bigger fish than you think there are. They're down right. there. You just do not get caught. 
They absolutely do not. Yeah, I think for me, it's it's the fact that we. I mean, man, I don't know. I I I totally know what you're saying, and I I, I understand it, and I I want to agree, but it's like, what have they caught like two seventeens out of OHIV the last couple of years? It's like, what you know, what can they do differently? Obviously, you know, you got to get the fish to bite, but it's just like, man, you got to stumble across that fish, like you said, hitting hitting a hole in one blindfolded. You got to present the bait, get it to eat, and you got to hope it doesn't shake off or, you know, fucking break your A-rig because you've caught 16 10-pounders on it in the last two weeks. Like, I don't know, man. It's just so crazy to think about. And I think it's so crazy to think about because, you know, I, I haven't gotten to fish in Texas long enough and I haven't gotten to be around enough big fish to be like, oh, shit, dude. Like, there's, you know, I can go out and I can catch a 8-pounder, you know, on command relative. So what makes catching a 17 so different? Like, probably... I bet you probably catching like an 18 is equivalent to catching like a 10 here. Dude, I think, I think the other thing too is that not only do these fish not get caught, but they definitely do not show themselves. I think that's for sure too. Like, dude, these fish are not like, you know, you'll have, I mean, I've had 10s, 12s follow my glide bit in, right? Like fish that are fucking huge. Yeah. But those true giants don't follow in a glide bait. They're not going to come up and hit top water. They're not going to do anything stupid like that. You know what I mean? They're not going to show themselves even. And I, I mean, even like, dude, the other day I was walking at Lake Travis and I'm like, Lake Travis is, I think it's 80 something foot low right now. It's like, it's a, almost a record low. It's like 20 foot away from a record low. But I was walking and I was like, man, I was looking for this one spot that I'd fished a couple years ago. And I was like, where is this spot? So I'm looking around I'm on the shore and then I look up behind me and i'm like oh there it is 50 foot above my head it's like way up there right so i'm looking at this like slope comes all the way down and there's all these tree roots big old rock overhangs and i'm like dude this stuff right here is where people are normally positioning their boat right over the top of right there's all these little nooks and crannies where a fish could just a a massive fish not even just a whole life like a gigantic fish could sit right here a 20 pound bass could sit right here and never get touched. Never, ever. Not, ne- and never even seen on the live scope. It's just gone. It's literally blends in with the bottom and it's just never seen. You know what I mean? I think there are plenty of fish like that that never, ever even get seen. You know what I mean? They're just down there and they don't, they're just, they're just smarter than that. They, they are truly smarter than that. And I, and, and even, not even just 20 pounders too, but I think a, a majority of 10 pounders are never seen. You know what I mean? Like a lake has a lot more big fish than you think it is. They're just, they're, they're just hiding. You know, like I forget what, what is the statistic? Like when you're fishing, you're only casting at like 2% of the bass in the whole lake. You know, when yeah. you cast shallow, there's only like some <laughs> bass there, you know what I mean? And then you only catch 5% of that 2%, you know? So what are, what is really in your lake? Do you really know? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it just goes, I go down this rabbit hole and I'm like, dude, there could be, there could be a fucking 20 pounder and ladybird, and I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, shit. What the fuck was I going to say? Damn it. You're, you like, we're, we're talking to me. I was getting philosophical here. Um, <laughs> I know uh, like stuff that have, that I think have 20s that aren't talked about. You know what I mean? Like, that I think they have for sure state records. You know what I mean? And then even, even places like ladybird, you know what I mean? Like, Ivy is so well known and it has a lot of big fish just because it's fish super hard. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of data there. You know what I mean? But these other lakes that don't get fish quite as hard, 
like that are the same size, dude, what, how do you know that that's not down there? You know right. What I mean? Yeah. Like th- those ivy fish are just on a little there. It's in a site. It's in a good cycle right now. You mm-hmm. know, it's in a good cycle and they're biting and they're dumb. Like yeah. those other fish in other lakes just might not be on that same cycle yet. Next right. year, fucking Sam Rayburn could pop off and start pumping out a bunch of 15 pounders. You know what I mean? You never know. I think yeah. there's for sure. Like, I don't know. It just seems like that lake is big enough and there's enough hiding spots where how, how do you know? <laughs> you know what I mean? Even if yeah. you shock them, even if you shock them, dude, like all, all like that's only what, how, how far is the shock around 15 foot? If like, that yeah, 15, 20, but, I think dude, below that, who knows? Who knows? You know, that's what, uh, that's what I was going to say. If I feel like in the day of age, in the day of age now, a lake like OHIV, I don't know. I feel like if there's a 20 pound fish in there, it, it has to uh, give itself up. Somebody has to catch it within a year or two while it's still a little bit low key, like that new JB, whatever, like, mm-hmm. and I think the only reason that is, is now because with sonar and stuff, I mean, if you have ever ice fished or fished out of a kayak or a smaller boat, even, even like a little tin boat and you put in the, I mean, this is talked about all the time. You put down a transducer, you can hear the tick, 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 oh, tick, dude. tick of the sonar. And then, like, like uh, Gilbert always talks about, like, dude, if you, if if Milliken and uh, Josh Jones and and a bunch of these guides who were on OHIV four years ago, three years ago, you know, they showed their A rigs to how many of these fish. I mean, an A rig looks like a fucking A rig. I I don't care what you add to it. If you add six more sides to it or whatever it may be, like an A rig is a fucking A rig. How many times can a can a twenty year old fish? hear that sonar and watch this school of bait go past it until it's like, I'm not fucking eating that shit. Like that's when, that's when they had to start catching them on like those crappie finesse jigs and stuff. It's like, you have to not educate the fish as far as like bait and lure retrieve goes as well as, uh, artificial noises and stuff like that. That's what I'm saying, dude. It is damn near a miracle, like a miracle from, the Lord above, like for you to fucking land and catch this fish. Like it is truly almost unthinkable. You know what I mean? Like all the things that go into it. And I, I had somebody fucking comment on my post the other day, like, man, I can't believe those fish eat with your leg in the water right there. I'm like, well, <laughs> have you ever seen a fish eat at the boat with a trolling motor and live scope pinging on? Yeah, like in its head, they're going to catch onto that very fast. I already think, dude, I think the fish here at Ladybird already caught onto that shit i was under the i forgot i think it was with bobby and caleb but we were fishing worms and dude we were on this like goodbye like bang 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 catching them catching them catching them right and we're sitting on this bridge and this dude comes by and he's got his head down in his scope and he's like comes by scopes the bridge makes a couple casts and then leaves dude the bite disappeared i mean in a matter of five minutes gone all those we literally had like 20 fish in like an hour and then they're just gone i'm like dude they fucking definitely hear that shit bouncing around down there. You know what I mean? Like, and I think there are certain lakes where the fish are just in tune a little more like at Ivy. I don't think they're, I think they haven't been hit so hard for a, a long enough period to get used to all that shit. You know what I mean? Like they're learning, they're learning for sure. But like the ladybird fish have been pounded forever, forever. Like these fish get pounded constantly. So they're all, they're like better at adapting to the changes you know what i mean they hear something new and it's immediately a little bit of caution you know it's not like it's not especially they hear a trolling motor dude trolling motor is for me that's game over like i'll take my chances 
on the paddleboard because I believe that if I find it, like it's a lot harder to get in front of that fish. But if I finally do get in front of that fish with my bait, I think there's a much, 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 much higher percentage of her actually eating it and me landing it on the paddleboard versus on a boat. You know what I mean? Because there's just like there's nothing there to give you away, especially on Ladybird. Fucking got paddleboarders all over the place. I'm just another one, you know. Like, uh, right. But if you're a bass boat in a sea of paddleboarders and you got a trolling motor and your live scope and you're banging around, you're stomping around, you're standing up real high, you know, where they can see you, dude. I I don't even know how you get a fish to bite. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that. I don't even know how you get one of those big ones to bite unless it's fucking like crazy windy and stormy or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. dude, those, those high Sundays, they know you're there. <laughs> they know. Do you think that fish have picked up like on crankbaits with rattles and stuff? Like, do you think like a bait, like the mother that has dampeners or the ghost or a bait with like low frequency noises, do you think like even even like rattles underwater can can fuck with a fish if it's seen a thousand crankbaits go past it like like uh like the smallmouth on Lake St. Clair when you're fishing like a DT8 like there's got to be fish that have been there for 10 15 years they're like oh shit there goes that fucking red you know red salsa gill DT8 that Seth Fighter caught me on last year like I hear that like I feel like the fish are smart enough to hear that noise you know watch their buddy get plucked off and they're like Hmm, like I don't think that that's a natural thing in and, and it's you know it's the same boat as as the uh the sonar ping and in the uh in the trolling motors and stuff it's like at what point in time <laughs> at what point in time is the world record going to come on a live line sunfish or or, <laughs> or trout or something because that's literally the most natural thing that you can't that they can't distinguish from being a, a a legitimate fish with a hook in it rather than just a fish swimming around they're going to eat no matter what dude that's what like i i think i think it's also you know i mean fish definitely 100 percent get conditioned to stuff you know what i mean it is a that is a trauma response in any animal any animal even in humans any animal and, and then all the way down to the most basic critters like fucking you know like snakes and shit they don't have any but they do have trauma responses where if they experience a certain type of trauma, you know what I mean? They will learn from that. You know what I mean? If you hit your dog and you raise your hand up and your dog is going to flinch because it knows what's going to come. You know what I mean? Same thing with other animals, like other little things. When you fucking land that fish and you let it go, it damn sure remembered. You know what I mean? Like it, it doesn't, that's not something it just forgets. And every, every fish is a little different. I think there are fish that aren't as smart and that will just eat more. But I think there's also fish that just don't even react to baits. You know what I mean? They'll, they'll take the worm over anything else because they know they can inspect it real quick and take a good look at it and then eat it. You know what I mean? Versus like, oh, there's a crankbait flying by. Like, you know, I'm just going to oh, reach out and grab it. And then, oh, fuck, they're hooked. You know what I mean? I feel like each individual fish will learn different. And that's, that's the cool thing about trophy hunting in general. You know what I mean? Not just swim bait fishing, but just trophy hunting, like for big bass. Like once they get past four pounds, it's its own unique fish. You know, like you can have one dude on one side of the lake, dude, I caught an eight pounder today throwing a glide bait. And then, I, oh really? I caught an eight pounder today, but I caught it on a worm on the same day. You know what I mean? Cause each, each individual fish, especially the big fish are their own unique personality they get developed by the different traumas they go through as they're young so that's why 
they position the way they do. And really what you're doing is just searching for a fish that falls in line with your fishing style. You know what I mean? That's why you'll have one person come behind you and fucking catch a whole bunch of fish or catch one big fish. And you're like, dude, I just fished that area. Well, that fish didn't line up with your fishing style. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's why I bring a spear gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just get them all to get them all a toaster and jumper cables and you'll get every single one of them. There is no, there is no perfect line. You don't have to make a miracle happen. <laughs> Make sure the batteries charge. Yeah, Marshall got that free battery for for shocking fish. It's yeah, confident. Yeah, <laughs> I throw that one on the paddleboard. Hundred. It's a little. It's a little heavy, but it does the job for sure. Oh shit, dude! <laughs> I'm trying to. There was something else I wanted to add. I'm just really forgetting shit here. I'm pretty tired. There was something I was going to add to that whole ideology thing we were talking about there. Mm. I love it, dude. This is like this is to me though. This is what keeps me going about bass fishing is that there is like especially down here i don't know something about being up north made me really really appreciate living down here in texas because every time i go out no matter how like no matter how shitty the day is no matter how like oh the sun's out and the fucking moon's wrong and all this shit no matter what no matter what it is there's always some hope you know what i mean like you're always going out there and you're like maybe just maybe today is going to be the day, right? And it's not, today's not the day, but just maybe it will be, you know, you, you never know. And that's what keeps me going. That's what keeps me up at night, dude. I'm fucking out there and you just never know. It could be any cast, any cast. You could make that decade miracle happen. You know what I mean? You the next, any cast, you could be fucking bass jack. You could be fucking manabu. You could be butch with his 19 pounder. You know, you could be anybody. It's, it's just that like, feeling of hope there is super cool to me you know what i mean like i don't know it's uh, not that not that there's no hope fishing up north but it's almost like i I fish up there and i'm like cool this is super fun but the fish kind of just cap out you know i mean they don't really get bigger than a certain age and that's not you know it's not that's not like bad it's just they just don't they just ice is over and it gets too cold up there you know but down here there is free range like these fish can grow as big as they want you know or or, are able to which is cool you just never know what's down there. You have no idea, you know, and that's what, that's what makes me so excited about that shit. You know, there's, it's just the unknown, you know, the I hope. think if, if we took, cause the fish down there are more than likely all probably F ones where they're, they were all Northern strain. Then they planted all those Southern strain and they crossed. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, for or the, F2, whatever the fuck the generation would be right now. I mean, dude, it's, it's there. It's fucking all over the place now. Uh, I'll say like, there are certain bass that are, are native. Like some, there's something cool about catching a native bass here. Like, I don't think most of those Ivy fish are native, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Those are, those are share lunker bread fish, but oh, there's something, 100%. there's something cool about the fish that I caught at a ladybird is a native bass. You know what I mean? Like that is a, that is a Texas bass, like just here. Like, you know what I mean? And we still, I mean, we still get big fish, but yeah, for the most part, like, dude, it's all over the fucking place. You can kind of. You just tell because some of them are fucking huge and fat and you're like, what the hell is this thing? And then you catch another one that's paper thin, looks like a snake. It's 28 inches long, but it's six pounds. God damn, where did you come from? You know what I mean? We have a whole, it's like a melting pot down here. It's kind of like the people, (laughs) you know? Yeah. I was going to say, do you think if you could take the fish that we have up here and give them a full cycle like they have in texas do you think that there would be any pros to that as far as like maybe 
maybe like more common, bigger fish than what there already is down there? Oh, yeah. Dude, they would grow gigantic. I mean, at the, at the end of the day, no matter what strain, fucking anything like that, it's a bass. It's the same fish. You know, it's the same species. So if you give it that full growth period, it's going to get gigantic. You know what I mean? Eventually, how do you think the Florida strain came to be? You know what I mean? Like it was originally just the bass, like just the northern strain. And it eventually grew into that Florida strain that we all talk about. You know what I mean? Same thing with up north. Like, dude, I don't I don't know. I don't know exactly. And then like 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 Biwa, you know what I mean? If, if originally those bass were either Florida strain or whatever, but now they're B1. You know what I mean? Like they grew into that strain. It, at the end of the day, it's it's they're all the same fish. And eventually they'll become you know the same thing like what i heard too is that the more fish breed like when an f1 breeds with a regular one it loses that f1 like it loses the farther the generation goes it loses that mm-hmm. gene you know what i mean so because it that's just that's just how it works i don't know it just loses the gene they actually get smaller <laughs> or i don't know if they get smaller they just lose the gene you know right yeah i mean <clears throat> dude it's just I don't know, and that's what makes me think, like you just saying that, that's what makes me think like the Sheer Lunker program is going to be what helps bring that, that next class of fish, you know, whether it's in the next two years or it's not going to be until this generation that we have right now. So in another 10 to 12 years, when, when it kicks off again with all these big fish like we've had recently, it's like, I don't know, I feel like Texas is probably probably the spot that that would happen because they are doing this, you know, and it was kind of not necessarily looked down on, but it was kind of that weird thing that they started doing in the two thousands. But, you know, 10, 20 years later, people are like, Oh shit, like this actually works. Like we need to preserve this and we need to kind of ramp it up a little bit and, you know, just continue, continue this process because it's working. You know, I'm sure if you'd have gone back 20 years ago and you were like, Hey, there's going to be OHIV out in this, out in the middle of the fucking desert or wherever the hell it is. There's going to be, you know, just an absolute ridiculous amounts of 10 to 13 pound, 14 pound fish swimming around. I bet you they would go fucking crazy and they would have probably dumped a bunch more money into the program. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would, I would bet on that. I think that, I mean, I don't know, it's honestly surprising. I mean, I don't know. I guess there is a lot of money in it. Like, you know, like I said, they're fucking giving away Toyota trucks and all that shit. Like there's, there's plenty of money in it and there's plenty of backing. And it's obviously working because California is not doing this shit and they are not doing good. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. Florida, Florida will always be good, but Texas is obviously putting in the work and we are seeing the results. You know I mean? Those fruits are bearing like at this point. And like I said, I don't know. I feel like if we play our cards right, we can have a world record here. And I, I, I don't know. It's just, it just makes sense to me that the world record would be here. You know what I mean? Like, dude, I, I want it to come out of Texas so bad. I just, I don't know. It, it, everything's bigger in Texas, dude. We got to have the biggest bass. Yeah, you know? yeah. I, I want the world record to come out of Texas so bad. I don't care if it's me who does it. I'm going to do it, but I don't care who does it. You know what I mean? Who does it before me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whoever does it before me, like whatever, but I'm going to beat it. I'd like to beat it in Texas. If I have to go to Japan to beat it, that's fine. But, you know. Just a, a Texas world record. That sounds, it just sounds right. You know, it sounds right in my heart. Dude, I think, I think, uh, it goes Texas, you know, Florida probably is in second, but a state that nobody's really talking about that's kicking out some really big fish right now is Tennessee. 
And really? I was going to say George. I was going to say George has big fish, and that's. Just- I'm, I'm not going to. I'm not going to mention the gentleman's name, but he caught a nine four, and then he caught like a ten six today. Hmm. In Tennessee. In Tennessee, yeah. Tennessee's got some big ones. I don't think they have world class, but I don't. I don't know about world class, but I think that the next generation, you know, the next like three or four years, all those eights are probably going to become tens, and the tens mm-hmm. and nines they have now will probably be pushing, you know, that eleven, twelve. And I think the guys who are on fish right now and, and stay on them, I think that there's going to be a lot of big fish in the next couple of years that pull, get yeah. pulled out of there. Yeah, and especially dude, untapped. You know what I mean? For the most part. There's not a lot of guys putting a whole lot of effort in there. Um, at least, you know, not like serious minded anglers. Like now that, now that the work of Mike Gilbert and, you know, all these really good anglers is available to the world, you know, and then people are learning, Hey, this isn't just fucking go out there and throw a jig. Like I could actually get good at this, you know what I mean? Improve my skills. Like now people are starting to learn. So you're tapping in to so many new fisheries that don't even have that sort of pressure, you know what I mean? Where, where people are not taking this into consideration. And one little change could mean the difference between, you know, catching all those big fish in that lake, you know, because they haven't seen that shit or they haven't been pressured that way. So it's, it's, it's cool, honestly. And I, like I said, I think, I think that there are big fish in every body of water. There's bigger fish than you think in every body of water. You know what I mean? You just don't catch them. <laughs> you know, that's what it is. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, this I wasn't going to mention this, but we've kind of been talking about it the whole time. So um, after interviewing Mr. Monty Burke from Sal Belly and then talking with Marsh, I think I think I'm going to take on the role of writing the next uh, world record slash trophy chaser book. Dude, that would go so hard. There's a new there's a new wave. I think. Yeah. I think, and I think, I just to me, like a new world record bass is not that far out of reach. Like, I just don't see how it is. Like, obviously we have proven, like Monty was talking about, he was like, yeah, we're like reaching the biological limit. And I was like, well, we're not really that close because Dottie was 25 pounds at her heaviest. Right. And so to me, I'm just like, dude, you could squeeze one more trout in there. You know what I mean? Like you could go a lot farther. 26. Yeah. 22, four as the world record. We at least have three pounds on it. You know what I mean? So there's three more pounds that another fish is going to gain and beat it. You know what I mean? Yeah, so at and, least- and to, to tell me with a straight face that there is not one single fish in the whole world that doesn't weigh that, if not a little bit more. Dude, I mean, how many fish do you think many- is in fucking Lake Austin right now? How many largemouth bass are in the world? I mean, 200,000 in Lake Austin, we'll say. Jesus, I don't even, I can't even begin to put a I cannot even begin to put a number because that, like, I don't know. You know what I mean? It could be it fucking, it could be a million. Yeah, exactly. Be, you know what I mean? Because you don't know. Like, you have no idea. It could be a million. And I'm talking, like, all of them. All the little ones, too. I don't, yeah. A million doesn't sound crazy. Lake Austin's huge. Like, you can yeah, pull so, it. So let's just, say, let's just say that it holds half a million, plus all the other lakes that are connected to it through that river system. So we'll say there's... Four million in that whole stretch right there, which is probably a disjustice. That's 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 one body, you know, quote unquote, one I, body connected water. Yeah. You got you got Lake Michigan, you got all the lakes in California, you got all the big random reservoir lakes in Texas, you got all the lakes fucking in Florida, all the ponds, everything, all the fucking water in Japan, all the river systems I, and stuff I, out there. I'm fairly confident there are more bass on this planet than there are people. 
Yeah. I um, think cause, because almost least, every body of water that has fish can hold bass. Yeah, I think there are more. I think there's definitely more bass than there are people. There's almost you more. Also room. have to think a female bass spawns three hundred or three thousand eggs, give or take, like three to four thousand. Yeah. If if one bass has twenty successful offspring, that's more than ninety nine percent of. There's not. You don't know somebody that has twenty kids. So like, <laughs> exactly. So so I mean like. Yes, I think the world record is, it might be one in one billion, right? But that is still, uh, there's still a chance. You know, there's, it's still there. I really believe it's still there and I still think it's possible. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just don't think it's, and I don't think it's that far off either. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. It's just something about it. it it's there. There is a fish out there bigger than 22.4, for sure. There's a lot of places that I think have one bigger than that. You know what I mean? Like I said, it is it is a miracle to land one. It is absolutely incredibly difficult. And it probably, honestly, targeting that fish with a lure is probably not the right way to go about it. If you really, really wanted to catch it, I think catching it on a live bait is damn near the only way. But but catching it on a lure would go hard as fuck. So <laughs> that's what I would do. I mean, Africa might have the world record in all honesty. Yeah, yeah dude, South Africa and and like I said, South, South Africa Af- and Cuba. Dude, you got South Africa, you got Cuba, you got Japan, you got Florida, you got Texas, you got California. Like, I mean, I, you know, like, dude, there's a lot of places that have Mexico, Bacharach, uh, El Salto, uh, fucking, uh, what's the one that borders Texas and uh, even, even those lakes that are like. You know, even like California is like out of its time. There are always up cycles. Like those fish can come back. Like even yeah, even exactly. talking to even talking to Grady and 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 Jeffrey, dude. There was a world record in Canyon Lake at one point in in Arizona. You know what I mean? Like I think there was a world class fish in there. So it's just like, you know, at any point these lakes could cycle back around and produce that fish. You know, it's there. The possibility is there, and you and it's always changing, which is so cool. So that you know if that fish exists now in Japan, it might exist in Texas here next year. You know what I mean? Like it can, it can happen. Yeah. I I would, I would go out on a limb and say there's probably multiple fish in the world that are world record. I I don't think there's a way that there's not multiple, you know, multiple being five, half a dozen at least that, that, that is such a small number. For how, think, like like we said, how many there is? I think so too. What is? Do you think there's what fifteen billion bass in the world? <laughs> fifteen billion is a whole lot. But there's <laughs> seven million people. Like that's only that's not even twice. You know what I mean? Like fifteen bill out of fifteen billion bass. You're telling me there's not one that's a world record class? Like exactly. I, I bet you. <clears throat> I mean, dude, it's hard to say. I bet you there's probably. I think, and I think hundred thousand so, that are probably close to world record, but right. during during spawn, during spawn, like right. everything has yeah. to align. Yeah, everything. All these fish fluctuate in weight, so there are plenty of fish that have the frame, but they just have to fill up. And they, you know, I mean, it, it. I don't know. I think. I mean, I really think. On if I'm honest, like B wise is where it's going to happen again. I I listen to. I mean, I listen. I say I listen, but I read articles and just the roughly translated stuff talking about. Like talking to to Manabu like is crazy. Like reading that Bassmaster article that he was in, and um, 
he, I mean, he, if for anyone who doesn't know, he had the previous Japan record. He has the world record currently, 22-4. He had the, pre- and he was on the, the current world record is on a live bluegill, right? Mm-hmm. But he also has, this is not like just some dude who went out and caught it. He also has the previous Japan record at 18 pounds on the Roman made mother and a whole slew of other huge fish. So this isn't just some dude, you know what I mean? Who's just got lucky with a live bluegill. No, he like actually targets these fish. And he literally said in the Bassmaster article, he said, I didn't care what people think. I just wanted to catch the world record to prove it was possible. And when they asked him like, Hey, are you satisfied now? He's like, no, because there are bigger ones out there. And I was like, he said, it's not the true world record because there's a larger one swimming in Biwa. And I was like, wow. That if anybody if anybody knows what he's what they're talking about, it's him. You know what I mean? Like All I right. give. He's he's he has another little quote where he said that he dumped one on the mother that he thinks was in the twenty eight pound range. And I was like, you know what? If anybody would know what that would look like, it would be him. You know what I mean? Like that's what I'm saying. You've held the world record, and you <laughs> held eighteen plus pounders in your life. Like you don't forget that shit. And you see one on the end of your line that is bigger. You know it. You know, he would know it. He'd be the one to know it. So I'm just like, dude, it's in BWA for sure. Like guaranteed it's in BWA, you know? I I bet you, I bet you the cloth, I bet you the DRT cloth bait will will catch catch a very large fish out of BWA. Whether it's the North or South shore, I don't know, but I bet you that that's going to be a bait. That or the frenzy will catch the next big fish out of BWA. Dude, I I really like that cloth bait. I think it's going to shake things up entirely. I think, like like you said, uh, like we were talking about the gathering, the recent gathering uh, in Virginia, and that you know you kind of walk around the tables, and this isn't to shame any bait maker. This is just this is just looking at the current state of fishing. Legitimately factual information. Jeffrey and I had a forty five minute conversation about this before the this show started. Legitimately factual information. I love everybody, but everybody's got a wake. Everybody's got a shad glide. Everybody's got a crank down. Everybody's got a soft boot tail, right? It's all sort of the same, like little tweaks here and there. But to me, when I look over at companies like DRT or, you know, G crack or these companies that I truly believe are trying to innovate and push and make a new shape and make a new bait, dude, the cloth bait, come on. That's a new material. Like, like that's thinking to me, that's thinking way outside the box. Like, instead of being like okay is our bait going to be resin or soft no what other material could we make a lure out of boom that opens up so many doors to me dude like it just and then it just takes the right person having an idea and putting it to use you know what i mean like i i think there's so many more i was telling you i think there's so many more baits and i know there's so many more baits out there because we haven't thought of them yet they're there we just have not thought of them yet and some you know Somebody's going to come up with something crazy next. You know what I mean? First is the cloth bait and the next is whatever, you know, whatever the next thing is, it's coming. Like that's, and that's what needs to, to happen to progress. You know what I mean? This, like, like I said, this dilemma of fish seeing the same shit over and over and over again. This isn't just about, Hey, what material, you know, are we going to make a resin or a soft bait? No. What is the next material that we can create a new lure out of something truly unique? You know what I mean? Cause there's, there's more stuff. There's definitely more stuff out there. And I think, I don't know. I think that's the key to getting closer to unlocking the world record or throwing a live trout. That one works too, but <laughs> um, dude, have you, I think, I think you've seen it. Cause I think I've seen you liked it or maybe I sent it to you like that spring loaded crankbait with the EWG mm-hmm. hook on the inside. All that. Yeah. 
like dude that that's cool as fuck like that's something completely different it, it's literally as stealthy as you can get no hooks on it no hardware hang, hanging off it like, dude, like i'm telling you wait till we have a glide bait like that like a soft glide like i don't know as much as i love the flag like the flag is dope right but imagine if you had a flag that did not have a hook hanging down right <laughs> that did not have a little swivel on the front it didn't have, it was all hidden, you know what I mean? And it was like a weedless one or something like that. You know what I mean? There's, there's more ideas. Like you can keep pushing this as far as you want to go. It's just, it's just where you want to stop. You know what I mean? Like it's where we want to stop. Like you just got to keep, we got to keep thinking of ideas and getting creative. And those, all those baits lead to great results. You know what I mean? Everything that is fresh and new that comes out. Remember when the fucking Whopper Plopper came out? Yeah. Dude, when the Revolutionary. Whopper, that fucking thing got bit i mean like crazy and just throwing a wild flopper to the lake dude I, I didn't even throw top water at the time i was like oh fuck it i'm gonna try this thing out and it got destroyed when i could throw a frog i could throw a fucking popper everything else would not get bit but they would hit that damn whopper plopper every time you know what i mean it's just little little changes like that and, and then you know creating a new bait new material whatever it's just progress that's the progression of the sport you know what i mean and i think that's the key to unlocking some of those fish that don't get caught you know <laughs> just showing them something a little different yeah dude i i don't know something's got to give somebody's got to come up with something crazy cool take the market yeah. by storm and kick everybody else in the ass say oh shit dude i need to do something i need to start go back to the drawing board and, and work on some stuff but i've well, heard it's, it's swelling right now like a balloon you know what i mean all the swim bait makers and stuff like that it's literally just it's about to pop it's about to be like oh fuck we need to come up with something else because this is not going to sell anymore you know what i mean yeah. that's what happened and i mean i don't know it, it that is the dilemma of having the same thing and uh i don't know i've talked to kyle about it too i'm like kyle we need to come up with something and so we hit we're actually he sent me some cool prototype stuff today after i think you saw it too but just some just some interesting ideas you know what I mean? just trying some new stuff that, that, whatever needs whatever comes next needs to be new you know what I mean? it needs to be something unique and original yeah um, yeah there's uh i like got you kind of uh i'll jump off what you said there are two or three builders off the top of my head that are working on things that as far to my knowledge there's really not much stuff out there there's a couple baits like it but it's not what what is going to be offered when these guys are done working on stuff and I, I'm interested. I know what one of them is. The other one or two have kind of been left in the dark. They kind of tease me about it, but I haven't seen much. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, this is, you guys are going to be leading the charge on this. Like, expect you to, to make something that, you know, isn't available or something new or a new twist on an old classic. And, and guys, guys are going to be like, oh, shit, like, we need, we need to do that. Like, we need to have one of these in the next couple months so we can, yep. you know, not necessarily take sales from him, but so we can make sales on, on this and, you know, whatever it may be. So, I don't know, man. It's it's interesting, and I guess time will tell. This time next year, there's probably the cloth bait will probably be out. It probably won't be super um, super um, easy to get, I can't imagine. But, I mean, there's guys, like, right now in the Frenzy or with the Frenzy in Spain catching catching tuna on it and uh he, he sent me a picture I'm like hey when are you gonna post that he's like ah not anytime soon because I don't want people to pull up to the spot and catch all my tuna I'm like okay fair <laughs> fair I get what you're saying on the frenzy <laughs> pressuring tuna <laughs> frenzy frenzy tuner um so my my proposal 
Mr. Marshall, do you remember that, uh, I'm not going to say any names, but do you remember that that thing in Lake Michigan I sent you a picture of a couple weeks ago when you were with Caleb? Uh, like the lagoon what, thing? Lagoon thing. On the island? Right, right, I yes. remember that. Dude, I Ooh. think I think if you came up and like, if we went and did the throwback thing and we came over here the next week, it'd be like middle, like probably June, beginning of July. I have no doubt in my mind that the smallmouth in that lake and walleye and stuff would probably just be getting ready to push up and probably just start doing pre-spawn stuff. We could camp out there for like two days and probably just have a fucking blast out there. Dude, that would be hard as fuck. God, dude, that is a good idea. I didn't even th- I, I, I now that you now that you told me about it, I was like, holy shit, dude, do a paddleboard crusaders three possibly. Because you're you're allowed to camp out there and everything. You have to take well, you don't have to. We could have one of my buddies who wants to do it. He has a bass boat. We could all ride out there, bring three paddleboards in the boat, dock his boat, and then just fucking stay out there. Like, dude, dude it could be wicked as fuck. Explore the island and paddle around the secret lake. Because the only way you can get out there is on the ferry, but you you can only carry what you can like take on your back on the ferry type thing, or you have to like pay a ridiculous amount for a kayak or a canoe fee, and you can't yeah. rent anything because it's in the middle of nowhere. So, dude, like, I think there's probably some wicked shit out there. Wicked fucking pike, wicked smallmouth <laughs> and walleye. Like, you can I cannot find anything about it online. And they've definitely never seen a mushy bug. <laughs> Dude, they've definitely never seen a little Woody Wakewalker fucking mushy bug, mushy bug slim, fucking none of this shit. No, <laughs> ever. Dude. Baby bellows gill, little little 40, 40 millimeter bellows gill or something, dude. Oh my gosh. That's it. Number three coming dude. next summer. Holy <laughs> shit. That's a solid idea. That is a solid proposal. It'd be a fucking blast, dude. But, uh, yeah, um, for a third time, the uh, the Paddleboard Crusaders Part 2 will be in the description so you guys can go uh, watch that if you don't already. As Please always, Marshall stuff will be, be in the show notes if you guys don't already follow him. I'm sure everybody here probably does. Um, be, be ready for the book. The book will be coming out in 2026 whenever I have time to start on it. <laughs> if you don't follow me, and if it's for any reason that you don't like me, please shoot me a DM. Let's work it out, right? I'm not trying to be a dick to anybody. I love all you guys, and uh, let's all be friends. All right, we're on we're on our no villain arc. For, if you've uh, listened, <laughs> if you for some reason you hate me and you've listened this far into the <laughs> podcast, please please shoot me a DM so we can squash the beef. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for your time. We're we're on the no villain arc. We're that's like Jeff and I were talking. He's like, dude, I like everybody. I'm like, I do too. He's like, it's just so crazy that in this small of a market hobby group you know friend group that there's people who don't like each other and he's like there's really not that much money to go around he's like just be friends collab on stuff fucking post each other stuff he's like it's not hard he's like what's it matter if if somebody spends twenty dollars on somebody else's ad he's like you don't think that somebody else would share your thing and somebody else would bounce back and buy you know twenty dollar hat or stickers or you know shirts baits or whatever off your site he's like it's he's like everybody's just got to share each other's stuff and like be homies with each other. That's the only way stuff is going to grow. And that's the only way like there's, there's going to be like, obviously there can be a competitive edge to it, but it doesn't need to be like fucking everybody has beef cutthroat. I hate you. I hate you motherfucker type thing. 
Yeah, dude, Jeffrey. You know what, Jeffrey? Preach, preach, Jeffrey. That was great. I love, I love that dude. Make sure, Hopefully make sure you're listening to this on the plane going to Japan right now. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll fucking, I'll be there. I, I, I'm a little late to the crowd. This is like the fucking. I'm in my training arc right now. I have to, I've trained first. But I was actually at the Yeti store today, and I found this gigantic hundred liter duffel bag waterproof thing, and I was like, dude, I could fit everything I need to live in here. So it's, it's coming. Homeless fisherman in Japan is coming as soon as we can get enough money raised. I probably, but maybe I don't know. Hopefully within the next like three years, going to Japan. Marshall's gonna buy all this stuff, and then we're just gonna end up sleeping on Jeff's couch when he moves to Japan. Yeah, probably probably how it's gonna work. Jeff, drop me off at the northernest tip of the island, and I will meet you guys back at your apartment. Paddleboard Crusaders Five in uh, homeless fisherman in Japan. That's what it'll be. So it's coming. As long as y'all keep watching. Thank you guys so much. I love I love every single one of y'all. Hell yeah, dude. And like I said, all Marshall stuff will be in the link in the uh, in the show notes. If you guys don't follow him for whatever reason, you guys can go hop on that. Um, as always, thank you for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed. Check out Marshall's uh, School of Homeless Fishermen as well as the Scales and Tails uh, Patreon. I'll yeah, link both of those. I'll link Marshall's in the description. If you need more content to binge, I have like literally I think there's 40-something videos on there yeah. that are all nice, big, long tutorial videos. So if you just dying for more content um you can give me ten dollars and that would really help <laughs> breakdowns breakdowns and such gear reviews all that good stuff um also uh check out well fuck yeah the the mag i'll have when you guys are hearing this the magazines probably won't be here yet but within the next couple of weeks i'll have uh one through three magazines load one through three issue uh, magazines loaded up on the site as well as lake pro tackle we'll have a couple i'll probably wait to post mine until uh, they get theirs, and uh, yeah. So if you didn't grab a zine, check check it out here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, check out the Patreon. Check out the Instagram Scales and Tails underscore Media. Got a lot of cool stuff happening uh, within the next probably like six months. Um, been kicking around a lot of ideas, trying to look at hats. Actually, before Marshall hopped on here, uh, I was looking at hat blanks and uh, messing around with Adobe Illustrator, trying to come up with a new logo and stuff for hats. So keep your eye out on that. You know, I keep saying that, but man, fucking making hats is fucking hard. <laughs> making a hat that I will wear is fucking hard. Okay, guys. Yeah. <laughs> well, give out my hats too. Yeah, dude. Yeah. So I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I want to thank Marshall for coming on. I hope you guys learned a whole bunch and liked us, liked our rambling. Uh, we'll maybe maybe Marshall and I'll do a. Uh, a kid, uh, like a joined post and you guys can put your thoughts or ideas in the comments and maybe when we circle back to doing another episode like with maybe like with jeff and phoenix we'll, we'll answer you guys' questions or something on that post yeah bobby love you guys Hell yeah all right see you guys hope you enjoyed thanks